Hi, my name is Adam Grigsby and welcome to the Unstoppable Fire. Today I want to talk a little bit about the truth in love. You know, we seem to many times see only one side of a two-sided coin. There's some that will speak the truth, but they'll speak it out of anger. And there's others that believe so much in just speaking in love, but they view love through the lens of never offending anyone and only saying nice things and being liked by everybody and neither is absolute as actually true so either one is a form of deception if we if we only love people but we don't tell the truth then really we're not loving them you know it can be compared to a person going to a doctor the doctor finding a cancerous tumor on a guy's shoulder but not wanting to offend the guy and wanting the guy to come back to his office so he tells him hey you're in great health you're doing awesome and uh, then the guy comes back six months later and, cr and crying out in pain. He goes back to take the x-ray. Now the tumor is in uh, inoperable and the guy's life is in danger because the doctor, you know, loved him. You know, many times we think that by just being nice to people that that's loving them. But, you know, you really don't see Jesus doing that. You know, even when Jesus dealt with the woman in adultery and the Pharisees wanted to stone her and he said, I don't condemn you, he still told her to go and sin no more. You know, when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler, I mean, came and begged him, how do I get saved? But Jesus saw this idol called money in the guy's heart, knew he would never lay it down. It says Jesus loved him and told him to go sell everything into the, he had to the poor and then come follow him. And it says the guy walked away sad. Now, I hate to say it, but if Jesus was in our modern-day churches a lot of times, if he got up and preached that message, people would have gathered around him, told him he needed to go to a church growth seminar, and gave him a book on grace for him to read. You know, I mean, it's just, so we have a very misguided idea sometimes of what love is. And hey, I get it. There's a lot of preachers that have preached the truth out of anger, uh, out of bitterness, you know, um, and that has unfortunately warded people away from the truth and caused people not to want to, not only want to hear it, but not to want to speak it either. But the other side is, but the other side is not the answer. What the other side has done is create seeker-sensitive, lukewarm or false converts that only hear what they want to hear, only obey God when it they feel like it benefits them, and people that feel like they can say, well. I know that that might be wrong, but that's not my conviction. I, I think that that's okay. Me and God have an understanding. And people uh, have developed like a, a like almost a relativism towards sin in the church because we're not preaching the truth. You know, the Bible talks in 2 Peter 1.9 about those who are nearsighted and have forgotten that they had been cleansed from their past sins. So again, there are, and it talks about walking in a brotherly kindness and patience and love and gentleness and it says that if you if you'll continually increase in these qualities that you'll not be unfruitful but it says that if you don't walk in these qualities increasingly then you're nearsighted and you've forgotten you've been cleansed from their past sins unfortunately you know in we've seen a lot of people that have been coming into the kingdom lately people like you know justin bieber and kanye west and others and on one side, again, you see a part of the church that doesn't want to address any issues, that wants to just pat them on the back and 
tell them, you know, just profess Jesus and it doesn't matter if you've really repented or not. Go ahead and come on stage and sing worship, you know, because they're a celebrity. And then on the other side, you have those that are saying, well, I really doubt that person could really get saved. I mean, come on, it's it's Kanye, it's, it's Justin. Do you not know who these people are? You know, and of course, neither is true. We need to accept with open arms that God can save the foulest of the foulest, but yet never undermine truth for the sake of not offending them, even if they're, even if they're celebrities. Uh, you know, recently, there well, not recently, but there was a guy who many might know of named Jeffrey Dahmer. He was a mass murderer who did horrific things that I won't even really describe on this podcast. And he was such a, what was viewed as a horrific sinner, but I watched on TV as this pastor of a church talked about how Jeffrey Dahmer came to his church and the man actually baptized Jeffrey Dahmer who, uh, after you know his desire to profess Christ. Now, I'm not saying whether I know Jeffrey Dahmer was really saved. I don't really know. But what I am saying was sad was the pastor talked about how half of his church left because he dared baptize Jeffrey Dahmer. And that, unfortunately, is kind of where I'm seeing a lot of people have gone lately that we've forgotten that we ourselves are the least of these, that we ourselves are the lowest of the low, that we ourselves are hell-bound sinners and are no better than the Kanye West, the Jeffrey Dahmer, or anybody else. So, with that being said, you know, the guy lost half of his congregation because he dared decide that the blood of Jesus could reach even that, down to the lowest of the low. Is it possible that we sing these songs in church that you know it reaches to the highest mountain, it re it goes to the lowest valley, but when we actually actually see the lowest of the lowest in front of us, then we say, well, I don't know about that. You know, when a guy like Kanye West who put out blasphemous music, blasphemous images, you know, uh, called himself um, what seemed like almost like a mockery of Jesus, calling himself Jesus. Um, you name it, was doing it, but now has come in and professed Jesus, uh, has uh, made a very vocal representation of Christ, is having church services. It seems like we have a lot of people in the church scowling at him, folding their arms and deciding that he couldn't be saved, and they're calling that discernment. And I hate to say it, that if we do that, then the scary part is we may actually bring the same judgment that we're condemning people with on ourselves. Because the Bible says if we judge, we'll be judged. And to tell people that they can't be saved, that it is impossible, not you, or I really don't think you're saved, even when the person's making a very sincere effort to walk with Christ, then really effectively we're condemning ourselves because with the same measure we judge, that we'll be judged also. So how, how scary would it be to stand before Jesus as your Lord and Savior, watch horrible people, who thought horrible people, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the Kanye West, the Justin Bieber's, the Marilyn Mansons, watch them at some point having had professed Christ walk into the kingdom of heaven while you yourself are thrust out because you dared point the finger thinking that you somehow were better. And then you look at Jesus and you say, well, wait a minute, don't you know who that person was? Don't you know what that person is? And Jesus' response would likely be, yeah, but I know what I did. And I know what I did on the cross. And it was the same blood that I tried to save you with, I saved them with. But you decided that the blood of Jesus couldn't reach them. Therefore, you made it to where the blood of Jesus couldn't reach you. 
Because the Bible says that if you that if you've broken one part of the law, you've broken the entire law. And then it says, this is in James chapter 2, and it says, do you not commit adultery? Well, the same law that says don't commit adultery also says don't commit murder. So what's it saying? You may not be doing the sin that the other guy did, but you did sin somewhere, and according to the Bible, you've broken the entire law. It says, therefore, be judged as one that will be judged by the perfect law of le live as one that will be judged by the perfect law of freedom, because you'll be shown no mercy if you show no mercy. You know, there's a Bible, there's a prophet in the Bible who, if, if there's any prophet that I don't think we want to be like, it's this guy, and this prophet's name is Jonah. Now, if you know this, a lot of people know how Jonah ran from the call of God, and he was swallowed by a giant fish, uh, and spit out onto the shore of Nineveh. But what a lot of people don't realize is that it's the reason that he ran. You know, when Jonah finally shows up and he preaches repentance, Nineveh repents. I mean, they, they repent in, like, prayer and fasting. I mean, they, they, if you read, they, re they repent so hard they make the animals fast. Next thing you know, Jonah's up on a, a cliff overlooking the city, upset at God because God's not destroying the city. And he even looks at God and says, this is, basically, this is why I didn't want to go. You know, because I knew I knew that you know if, if they if I preach repentance that they might repent, then you would show them mercy. And God's answer to him is, "Well, should I not have mercy on those people who don't know their right hand from their left hand?" You know, and but unfortunately, most of the church they want they're they're so void of what mercy is that they actually they're determined that they want to see these people be held accountable for their sins. Not realizing that God has made it to where they don't have to that have to be uh, made accountable for their sins, that He's nailed the he's, they, he's nailed the ordinances that were against them upon the cross. However, if we don't show that mercy to others, then we will actually void the mercy that God's given us over our own lives. You know, and of course the Bible talks about two guys that were in a temple. You know, one guy he's a Pharisee. He fasts he prays he goes to synagogue he tithes and then there's a guy in the corner who's a sinner and that guy's going over there going god i have mercy on me i'm a sinner and then the other guy's going god i thank you that i'm not like that guy over there you know i i look at what i do i fast i pray and it says the other guy who was crying out for mercy walked out justified while the other guy didn't one of the big things about the pharisees is that they no longer saw their need for a savior that they saw themselves as more righteous than others and you know they asked jesus one day are we blind also and jesus said well because you think you see you remain blind and he says it's not i didn't come to i didn't come to i didn't come for the healthy i came for the sick you know so people got so jesus came for the kanye west he came for the Marilyn Mansons, and he came for you and me. But if we look at anybody and decide that person is beyond salvation, that person can't be saved, then careful, because we may actually void the own, our own salvation. Um, and again, that doesn't mean we don't preach truth. It just means that we preach the truth in love. You know, Paul gave one of the probably one of the harshest, if you want to say it, judgments in the Bible. He looked at a guy who was sleeping with his dad's wife, now look what Paul didn't do. Paul didn't go, look, go give the guy a hug and, you know, counsel him and tell him, hey, you know, by the way, on your way out, just just let you know, I don't want to offend you, but you might want to stop sleeping with your dad's wife. He didn't do that. 
Paul says, why have you not judged him? Deliver him over to Satan, so what? That his spirit may be saved on that day. So Paul, even in his judgment towards this guy, the judgment was in love. Paul what didn't say don't did, Paul didn't say mince the truth. He didn't say just to try to love the guy out of his sin. He told to get them to like deliver that guy over to Satan. But even in that, Paul was doing it so that he might actually wake up and actually come back into the kingdom. His spirit might be saved on that day. So that's what we got to do. We can't be un, we can't be afraid to speak uncomfortable truth. We can't be afraid to offend people, but at the same time, we have to do it with a heart that says. Uh, except by the grace of God, so so go I, and that that we are really no better than anybody else. That we ourselves are also people that were saved by the blood of Jesus, and we're to be ministers of reconciliation and not condemnation. Amen. All right, well, just a little bit about um, not speaking the truth, but not speaking in love, but walking out and speaking the truth in love. That's the that's the answer, and that's what Jesus did, and that's what we need to do. All right, uh, for anyone who wants to sow to the unstoppable fire. Our PayPal email is thegriggs777 at gmail.com. Thegriggs, G-R-I-G-S, T-H-E-G-R-I-G-S, 777 at gmail.com. And just pray for us. We're going to be uh, going into some new uh, open doors. we got some uh, opportunities. We're going to be praying uh, doing um, being, being praying for the sick a lot very, very, very soon. A new door for a healing ministry is opened up for us. And uh, some new podcasts, broadcasts, and books will be coming out very, very soon. And I look forward to talking to everyone again next week. And you have a wonderful day.